0: From Commando.com, this is Commando On Demand, where we talk to the industry movers and shakers to keep you up to date on everything digital. We'll get started in a moment, but first, we'd like to recognize and thank our partners who help make these Commando On Demand podcasts possible. Hey guys, welcome to Commando On Demand. I'm Mike James. I've been with Kim for over 16 years, going on 17 years now. And so I actually... I was thinking about it today. I got a great story about Kim, and I'm going to give that to you at the end of this podcast. But it's been a heck of a ride, and I am glad to be here. And now let's get to it. If you've ever lost something of sentimental value, you know how horrible that kind of experience can be. Oftentimes, we keep memories in mementos from childhood, gifts from loved ones, and tokens honoring our accomplishments. But we also have to keep memories in our cameras. And while iPhones are today's method of operation for capturing special moments— There's something to say about a camera full of snapshots from your favorite vacation or a day spent with family at the beach. So it can be a tragic loss to lose a device like that. But thanks to Good Samaritans and a little help from social media, some who have lost their cameras have surprisingly had them returned. Listen to this first story. Serena Sabukihara was scuba diving off of Japan's Okinawa coast when her friend, who was also scuba diving, ran out of air. Serena immediately rushed over to help her friend But unfortunately lost her Canon camera in the process Now at the time she thought the camera was gone forever Well everybody would She never thought she'd see those photos again Well fast forward three years later And there's a shocking discovery In March of this year Students from the Ming Elementary School in northeast Taiwan Found a waterproof Canon G12 Washed up on a beach during a cleaning event It was covered in barnacles, the camera's waterproof outer shell, compared in appearance to a rock. After further inspection, however, the children opened the waterproof case to find a digital camera completely intact. And get this, the device even had enough battery power to turn on the display and look at a few images. Now, while the children debated whether or not it was right to take a look through the photos to try to identify who the camera belonged to, they decided it was the best way to get the camera back to its original owner. And once they saw the photos from Serena and her last scuba dive with the camera, they were faced with the challenging task of finding a complete stranger based solely off those images. So it was no small feat, but the task took quicker than expected when the class teacher, Park Lee, took to social media. Since some of the pictures on the recovered camera were from Japan, Lee posted search messages in both Chinese and Japanese. Mere hours after Lee posted a number of the camera's photos on Facebook with a search message, the post had over 10,000 shares. And soon, Serena's friends spotted the post and shared the photos with her. She then reached out to Park Lee and explained that she'd last had that camera when vacationing in Okinawa. That spot was over 150 miles from where the device was found. That's about a long journey. While the Canon camera's waterproof case is a more recent tech innovation, the real heroes of this story are the children and the teacher that was involved in getting the device back to its original owner, Serena. She was overwhelmed to be getting those pictures back of that vacation in Okinawa, and she actually took a special trip to Taiwan to retrieve the camera and pictures and thank the kids. It's interesting to think about the significance of the device It wasn't just the fact that the camera was a high-priced item that made finding it so special. It was the fact that it served as sort of a historical preservation of memories, otherwise lost to time. And that's the case for countless others who have thought their precious cameras were gone forever. In another case, a camera lost in a shipwreck was found nearly two years after the vessel sank to the bottom of the Pacific Ocean off the coast of Vancouver Island. This story sounded like it came straight out of a movie. We'll hear that coming up next. Right now, we want to hear from our partners who help make these podcasts possible. Two university students in Canada spotted a camera while on a research dive with their class in 2014. The camera wasn't in the best of shape. And according to a professor who was on the research dive, several species of marine life had made the device their home. But when a dive and safety officer who was on the boat with the students opened the back of the camera up to look for more sea creatures, she discovered a memory card stuck inside. And though that SD card had been inside the camera and spent two years underwater, surprisingly, when the officer placed it in an SD card slot on her computer, it worked. The dive team decided to share the images on Twitter to see if they could track down the camera's original owner. Sure enough, someone from a local Coast Guard recognized the man in the photos as Paul Burgoyne. Paul had been rescued from a shipwreck in that area of the Pacific back in 2012.
1: Hell broke loose and there was an explosion and I hit the dash, then the, the ceiling, then the floor.
0: Burgoyne, like Serena, thought he'd never see his camera or the priceless photos ever again. And what's more, his photos weren't just from a typical vacation.
1: We spread my mom and dad's ashes in Lake of the Woods, Ontario, and that was a group of family photos from that event.
0: Both the camera and the memory card containing those precious memories were returned to Burgoyne. It had to have been a rewarding moment made even more profound because it allowed him to reflect on his mother and the way his family honored her. In today's episode, we wanted to investigate the role of photos a little bit more. Why do they play such a vital role in our lives? And how does the recovery of cameras from ages ago help us shade in the narrative from our past experiences? Well, professional photojournalist Brandon Stanton from a popular blog called Humans of New York can help us answer that. Over the past five years, Brandon's blog turned from a photo archive to a place for storytelling Uh, You might be familiar with the site Humans of New York, which is also sometimes referred as Hony, H-O-N-Y. That's because it has over 8 million likes on Facebook. Humans of New York began as a photography project in 2010. The initial goal was to photograph 10,000 New Yorkers on the streets and create a catalog of the city's inhabitants. Somewhere along the way, however, Brandon Stanton began asking his subjects questions. And from there, the blog took off. Here's what Stanton had to say on that moment that started it all.
2: I was, you know, for the longest time, I was, just, I was just doing photography, thousands of portraits. And I remember one day I took this picture of this woman, and she was dressed all in green. And it wasn't that great of a photo. It was okay, but I didn't think it was that good of a photo. And so I didn't really want to share it, because I just didn't think I was... I viewed myself at that time as a photographer. And that's what I was. That's what I was trying to be, at least. And, um so i didn't think that was a good enough photo but then i got like the flu a couple of days later and i couldn't go out and photograph and i excuse me wanted to keep the blog going and so i was like well you know i've got this woman and she said something to me she said i used to be a different color every single day but one day i was green and that was a great day so i've been green for 15 years yeah, yeah. <laughs> right and she said that and i was like oh, well i'll just put that on the top of the photo And all of a sudden it was the most popular photo I've ever had. Now I was like, oh man, there's something to this.
0: Also according to Brandon, the heart of the humans of New York is in the stories that the people share. He sees the blog as a continuous opportunity to externalize specific moments from people's lives that provide glimpses into unique perspectives, experiences, and contexts.
2: I think by far the best impact, and you know the uh, the most value that it brings is kind of sharing the stories. I think that carries a lot farther than the money does. You know, I think that's I think that's one thing, especially when somebody connecting people with other people's problems. Uh, you know, I think there's a I don't know which philosopher said it that love begins when you see pain in others. Um, so you know, I think one thing that the blog does is kind of. Introduce you to the struggles uh, that the people around you are going through. and it might make you a little bit more patient or a little bit more tolerant with that person that cuts you off in traffic.
0: Now, one of the biggest outcomes of Stanton's photos has actually been humanitarian. In 2015, he started an online fundraiser after 11 Syrian refugees and their families were interviewed for his blog. The refugees outlined their struggle in Syria and the difficulty that they faced in relocating to a new country. Soon after Brandon's photo interviews with them, their pictures went viral on Facebook. And what makes the content so shareable is their visuals. The photos show something that words cannot. They grab people's attention. And this isn't just based off of Brandon's success with his photo blog. It's been psychologically proven that pictures are not only more effortless to recognize and process than words, but also easier to recall. In other words, folks, they leave a lasting imprint. When words enter long-term memory, they do so with a single code. Photos, on the other hand, contain two codes, one visual and the other verbal, each stored in a different place in the brain, and this increases a person's odds of recalling something. Just think about it. When you recall a memory, it's typically accompanied by a mental visual of what you saw during that memory. Peter Temple is an expert on persuasive presentation. Here, he provides a breakdown on recall based on words, speech, and visuals.
2: If information is presented orally, we remember about 10% three days later. If a picture is added, that goes up to 65%.
0: We don't remember words. Now, in addition to leaving people with memories of striking human stories, Brandon Stanton's blog generated community. And in a sense, that's the greatest capacity that photos have. When we look back on photos from history, we're given a way to identify with humans who had lives sometimes centuries before us. In today's digital age, the prevalence of photo communities is even greater with the photo-focused social media apps like Instagram that crosses over 800 million users. People view these apps not only as a way to reflect themselves in a controlled way among peers and even strangers, but also log special moments and remember what they were like Ralph Gibson, a longtime photographer, explained this interconnection between photos and perception.
1: The subject of any photograph is really phenomenological. It's how the photographer is perceiving what he or she is looking at, how he is processing it, how,
0: how what therein lies the content. So photography has always given us a glimpse of how we once saw things. For the scuba diver, Serena, who I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast— That glimpse was photos of the ocean and images of what she saw in Japan while she was there. And for Burgoyne, it was the memory of saying goodbye to his mother amongst his family members. In the next recovered camera case, we're going to talk to a woman who was able to get her camera back that contained over 1,000 photos. It's a heartwarming story. But first, we want to recognize our partners who helped make these podcasts possible. Well, K-Rock in Lake Tahoe is a picturesque place for fishing trips. And Steve Garnett knew that back in 2015 when he headed there on a trip with his friends and spotted something unusual in the water. I'm looking in the water going, what is that? And I thought it was a cell phone. So I pulled up, no, it's a camera. When Garnett opened the camera, as with the past couple of reports, he found a memory card. And soon after, Garnett's friend with a personal passion for photography, Jamie Clark, She decided to help Garnett and post some of those photos from the memory card on Facebook. These were photos of sporting events, family events, and special vacations. And like I said, there were over a thousand photos. But unlike the last two cases, social media alone wouldn't quite do the trick this time. So Jamie Clark had to do some investigating. And when Clark looked through the pictures again, she realized that the school uniforms from the sporting events might be a clear giveaway of the camera's owner. So she contacted the Utah school teams that were worn in the pictures, and Clark was able to identify Jana Levitry, the young woman who had dropped the camera while sailing on Lake Tahoe in September of 2011. Here's what Jana had to say about getting that camera back.
1: It's just
2: surreal. I just can't believe it. And to think that it wasn't found by scuba divers, but it was actually reeled in by a guy who thought he caught a fish. That just makes it even cooler.
0: As a result of social media, these past three stories have had happy outcomes in relatively short time spans. But recovering old memories wasn't always that easy. In our next case, we'll touch on some of history's most long-standing photographical findings. The first of these findings was made in 2007, over a half century after anyone had laid eyes on the discovered photos. Where were they discovered? In New York. The photos themselves were taken by three photographers known by the names of Robert Capa, Gerda Taro, and David Seymour. It was during the Spanish Civil War these three bravely captured both harrowing scenes of violence and shots of ordinary life. Though Capa was accidentally killed by a tank while photographing a battlefield, the other two photographers concluded their work in 1939 when the Spanish Civil War ended. World War II was about to begin, and both Taro and Seymour knew that as Jews with left wing histories, they'd have to leave Europe. Both scrambled last minute to leave, and Kappa packed three boxes of rolled and cut film, which was about 4,500 negatives in all. Kappa gave those photographs to a friend of his and asked him to send them on to New York, where Kappa would soon be headed. Unfortunately, however, The forwarding never happened. Somehow, the boxes ended up with the Mexican ambassador to the Vichy government in Paris and traveled by accident to Mexico with him. Then the photographs effectively vanished for decades. In 1999, Cornell Kappa, Robert's brother and founder of the International Center of Photography, got word that those boxes surfaced in Mexico. But Kappa's informant was elusive, and the lost film wouldn't arrive in New York till eight years after that in 2007. Now, since the miraculous delivery of those three boxes containing pictures that tell never-before-seen stories of life in the Spanish Civil War, the film's been processed, digitally scanned, printed, and closely studied. The International Center of Photography showcased them in an exhibit entitled The Mexican Suitcase, which references the mysterious journey the photos took before they surfaced. Ted Forbes, who has a successful YouTube channel documenting
1: photography feats, spoke to the significance of those photos. Photographers or photojournalists like Taro Kappa, Jim, any of these people, um, you know, they're out here with manual Leica cameras and, you know, they're shooting in rough conditions that are usually extremely dangerous and mistakes do happen. um, The exposures do happen. And then you realize that there's another side to this story where, you know, the printers they worked with and the people who worked in the darkroom were fabulous as well to bring these to the public. Um, But there's some really wonderful images in here. And it's really interesting to see them present. Presented in this way as a study aid, um, not just from a historical significance in terms of photography and you know the geeky side of us as photographers that want to see this, but also the historical side and the documentation that goes into you know the Spanish Civil War, which was a major world event, um, basically keeping the world from falling to fascism. And you know, it's a pivotal event in world history, and it's a pivotal event in the history of photography. And these images are what serve most of that. So really. Those photos provided not only how valued
0: visual relics are, but how greatly they can improve our connection with the understanding of the past. In another historical case, a historian, Gene Mueller, came across a camera while searching for artifacts from the World War II Battle of the Bulge. In this battle, the Germans launched a surprise attack on Allied forces between December 16, 1944 and January 25, 1945. 19,000 soldiers died there. So you can imagine how profound the discovery of a camera at this historic battlefield would be. With the help of a metal detector, Gene Mueller found a foxhole that had been dug during that battle. And inside that foxhole were the belongings of an American soldier. His identity? Technician 5th grade, Louis J. Arcambo. Louis died in the Battle of the Bulge, but not before leaving behind a camera with an undeveloped roll of film in it. Mueller and his friend, U.S. Captain Mark Anderson, developed the film and were blown away by the photos that were revealed. Unfortunately, however, in a turn of events, the two men noted that they were not in a dark room when the film was supposedly developed and did not see the negatives or prints. At least two of the photos that were claimed to belong to Arcambos' camera were found in the National Archives in Washington, D.C. So it's unclear if the other photos allegedly retrieved were part of a hoax But the finding of the camera alone drew a lot of media attention. While much of this story remains unresolved and unclear, one thing can be sure. Humans share a genuine interest for memories encapsulated in photos from the past. Whether it's images from Lake Tahoe or vacation with family or prolific... Final moments in some of history's bloodiest battles. Photos tell a story of who we once were as people, what we saw, and how we saw it. In many ways, they provide visual truths from moments that could never again be recreated and allow us to develop our own perception of them time and time again. They're the best shots we have at understanding ourselves and looking fondly at times perhaps otherwise forgotten. All right. I told you I was going to tell you a story with Kim at the end of this podcast. And I remember, gosh, it must have been about 2010 when Kim went to Machu Picchu and she was so excited about going, talked about it constantly for like six months before the trip. And she was so excited. Well, who wouldn't be? You know, you see it in all the travel magazines and travel brochures. And even when you're a kid, you see it in the geography books in high school, that picture of the top looking over the valley. Now, remember, it takes like two weeks to hike to the top of Machu Picchu, and there is no elevator or escalator. So Kim and her son did it. And I think one of her favorite memories is that picture at the top of Machu Picchu with their son overlooking the valley. And it is still posted on Commando On Demand. But that's what those pictures are made for. And those memories, you know, to bring back those memories of family and those really, really incredible experiences. So thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Kim for allowing me to sit in for this podcast. And Kim will be back on the next Commando On Demand podcast. And if you like this podcast, don't forget to click that little like button and give us a few positive words on Google Play Store or Apple podcasts. We'd appreciate that. It helps more people find us and we'll see you next time.